Hello, and welcome to Don't Mess With Taxes, a podcast service of tax problem solvers. We focus on helping individuals and business solve their tax problems from the IRS, state, or payroll taxes. Tax problem solvers, we've been doing this for 30 years, and we've helped hundreds of people. Give us a call at 404-751-3710 or find us on the web at www.tps-tax.com. All right, let's get on with the show. Today we're going to look at some ways that businesses and individuals get into tax problems. Take a look at uh, non-filing and take a look at how the IRS goes after non-filers. So sit back and I hope you learn something today. Thank you.
complete and attach form 4852. Remember, I told you that the IRS and, and tax professionals really speak in forms, but 4852 is a substitute for the W-2 form to their tax return using the best information that is available to calculate their wages and the withholding. And that's often can be calculated from the pay stub. So again, you have the responsibility if you don't have that information to provide that information. And here's a kicker. If the employer refuses to withhold employment taxes from the, from the employee's wages and the IRS is unable to collect the employment taxes from the employer, guess what? employee still has the responsibility to pay income tax and is ultimately responsible for his or her share of the FICA tax. Bottom line, evasion of employment taxes really can carry a huge price. It can have serious consequences for both the employers and the employees. The employers may be subject to criminal and civil sanctions for willing failure to file employment taxes. The employees suffer because they don't qualify for Social Security, Medicare, and other unemployment benefits. And when employers do not report or pay unemployment or uh, employment taxes, the taxes withheld paid by the compliant employers are used to pay the refunds of Social Security benefits of employees who employers did not withhold the taxes. So this is a uh, huge uh, enforcement area for the IRS, and as you see, it can affect both the employee or the employer. And it is one of the key ways that uh, companies get in trouble and have tax problems that tax problem solvers can solve. So what are the consequences of the willful failure to pay payroll taxes? An employer who is required to hold federal income and payroll taxes from its employees and pay them to the IRS. Withheld taxes are called trust fund taxes because the employer holds the taxes or the money, um, which is the income tax and the employee portion of the Federal Insurance Contribution Act known as FICA. Uh, in trust until the federal tax deposit is made. Uh, there's a section of the tax code, section 6672A, that provides that any person required to collect, truthfully account for, and pay over any tax imposed by the Internal Revenue Code who willfully fails to do so, in addition to other penalties provided by law be liable to a penalty equal to the total amount of the tax not collected and paid over time. The term any person is important here because section 6672A allows the IRS to pierce the corporate veil and, the and proceed against any person who is responsible for the corporation's failure to pay over trust fund taxes, thereby making the person personally liable for the employer's unpaid payroll taxes, and therefore the penalties imposed on any responsible person, regardless of the form of the entity.
Important here is the responsible person test. Both the IRS and the courts broadly define a responsible person. The key element in determining responsible person status is whether or not the person has a statutory imposed duty to make the tax payments. Several factors indicate responsibility. One, they have the power to compel or prohibit the allocation of funds. Two, they have the authority to sign checks. Three, they have the authority to make decisions as to the disbursement of funds and payment of creditors. Four, is an officer or director of the corporation. Five, has control of the company's payroll. Six, prepares and signs the payroll tax returns. Seven, participates in day-to-day -day management. Or eight, hires and fires employees. Although the above list is really not exhaustive, the status and the duty and the authority of the employee principally determine whether or not the person is responsible under the IRS code. But the IRS policy uh, in a statement said that individuals who are non-owners, non-owner employees that perform ministerial tasks without exercising independent judgment are not deemed responsible. Really, the important thing to understand is how bad can it get with failure to pay. It's important for taxpayers to understand that the IRS is aggressive in assessing and going after trust fund penalties. Payroll taxes are the government's money, and when the taxes are not paid, the government believes that those who have not paid are taking its money, and the government does not take this lightly, and will not relent in its efforts to collect the funds it's owed. For a business with numerous employees, unpaid trust funds add up quickly, and the trust fund penalty consequently assessed against the responsible person can be huge. The penalty is not dischargeable in bankruptcy. Even worse, failing to pay trust fund taxes can lead to criminal charges. Under Section 7202, a willful failure to pay or collect tax is a felony punishable by up to $10,000 in fine, or five years in prison, or both. The IRS, however, reserves criminal charges for most egregious cases, and usually that's where the responsible person owned the business and diverted money for his or her own personal use, rather than situations where the responsible person owned the business and diverted money during hard times and used that money to pay other creditors. It's a misguided attempt to keep the business afloat, but that's where you definitely need to have professional tax problem-solving help. In our next segment, we're going to look at the situations for non-filers and what, the, what causes that, what the consequences of that look like, and some uh, examples from the IRS's own case files. We'll be back in just a moment. Facts and fiction. The facts and fiction, the frivolous arguments, and uh, the non-filer enforcement from the files of the IRS. <laughs> when the 16th Amendment of the Constitution was ratified in 1913, it gave Congress the power to lay and collect taxes on income. And it wasn't long after that that citizens began to argue that, uh, that it was not properly ratified and that income taxes were illegal. But the courts have repeatedly rejected that argument as being frivolous. And 
unfortunately, some citizens still continue to try to use those arguments as reason to not file, and they find themselves in tax problems that they need professional help to solve. Um, Anti-taxation groups have been around for a long time and using these frivolous arguments, and the one thing that has been in common in terms of uh, the leadership of these movements, they've used different arguments to gain followers. They've all had one thing in common. They received substantial sentences in federal prison. And unfortunately, the followers have also felt a, uh, paid a steep price for following bad advice. Some were prosecuted and many, many more were involved in years of litigation and ultimately had to pay all the taxes owed with penalties and interest. So what are some of these frivolous arguments and the, and the tax and the fiction? First is the constitutional argument, and uh, it's that filing the IRS Form 1040 violates the Fifth Amendment against self-incrimination or the Fourth Amendment right to privacy. The truth is, is the courts have consistently held that the disclosure of this type of routine financial information required on a tax return does not incriminate an individual, nor does it violate their right to privacy. There's the fiction of the compensation argument. Hey, wages and tips and other compensation received for personal services are not income because there allegedly is no taxable gain when a person exchanges money for labor. And the truth is actually the IRS code defines gross income as income. It doesn't matter what the source it's derived from. It includes all compensation for services. There's another frivolous argument that says it's the 16th Amendment argument. And the constitutional amendment establishing the basis for income taxes was never properly ratified. Well, the truth is, is that the 16th Amendment was properly ratified in 1913 and states that the Congress shall have power to lay and collect taxes on all incomes whatever source derived without apportionment from several states from the several states and without regard to any census or enumeration. Uh, there's been religious arguments where individuals invoke the freedom of religion clause of the First Amendment and take a vow of poverty or by fraudulently claiming that charitable contributions of 50% or more uh, which would adjust their gross income. The truth is, taking the purported vow of poverty or claiming fraudulent contributions to filter their income through a church is not legal, and many fraudulent religious organizations use funds for personal expenses. There's the IRS code argument that says that there is no internal revenue code that imposes taxes and only individuals are required to pay taxes or the IRS can assess taxes against people who file returns and income taxes are voluntary. Well, the truth is, is the tax law, which is found in Title 26 of the United States Code. The requirement to file an income tax return is not voluntary, and it is clearly set forth by the IR, the Internal Revenue Code Section 6011A, 6012A, and 6072A. The IRS established was established in July 1st. 1862 by an act of Congress and our system of taxation allows taxpayers to collect the correct amount of taxes and complete the appropriate forms voluntary rather than have the government do it for them. However, any taxpayer whose income falls below the statutory limit does not have to file a return. 
There's the forming of a trust argument. Formation of a business trust to hold your income and assets will avoid taxes. A family estate trust will allow you to reduce or eliminate your tax liability. And the truth of this argument is although there are legitimate trusts and legitimate reasons why individuals establish trust, establishing a trust, foreign or domestic, for the sole purpose of hiding your income or assets from taxation is illegal and will not absolve you of the tax liability. The underlying claims for many untaxing trust packages rely on other frivolous arguments, arguments that are, have subjected the promoters as well as the participants to criminal prosecution. According to the IRS, some American citizens use these and other arguments advocating non-compliance with the tax laws. Don't be misled. Inspect promotional material carefully. Aside from being false and misleading, it often contains elaborate disclaimers such as This report is offered for a vehicle for a hard discussion or debate for general information purposes only and does not constitute legal or professional advice and should not be relied upon as a subject for proper research inquiries into the original sources or authority. Yeah, that should be a red flag that is uh, going off. So at the bottom line, the IRS will vigorously pursue prosecution and prison sentences for individuals who willingly violate tax laws. And if you do get into problems with this, please reach out to a professional that can help you get straight with the IRS and solve your tax problems. And there's some interesting statistics from the non-filer investigations from the IRS's website uh, of the investigations initiated and prosecutions that were recommended. Um, the incarcerated, uh, the, the, the amount of uh, individuals sentenced, the incarceration rate uh, in 2016 was 79.9%, in 2015 was 83%, and 2014 is 80%. So around 80% of the individuals that were sentenced actually became incarcerated. And the average uh, months to serve in 2016 was 38 months, and 2015 was 36, and 2014 was 35. Although this is a small portion of the population that actually goes to this links, the IRS has a pretty high incarceration rate of bringing those prosecutions to the table. In our next segment, we're going to look at some examples of non-filer investigations from the year 2017. We'll be back. from the IRS file about uh, the links that some people go to try to hide incredible income um, and what the IRS does to get them. Uh, there's a case of the Minnesota chiropractor. Uh, in April of 2017, a Minnesota chiropractor was sentenced to 33 months in prison for tax evasion and for presenting fake financial information to the U.S. Department of Treasury. Uh, the chiropractor failed to file from 20, 000, uh, 2004 through 2014 his individual tax returns and attempted to evade his income tax liabilities for these years. He diverted money to a warehouse bank and cashed over $800,000 in business checks at a check cashing facility and submitted fake money orders and bogus financial instruments to the IRS. He also formed a uh, sovereign Christian mission 
purportedly a religious organization as a way to further hide his chiropractic income and pay for his personal expenses. He used the Sovereign Christian Mission to pay for his groceries, entertainment, dinners, and car repairs. And while the IRS was auditing his tax returns later during the criminal investigation, he presented fake financial instruments purporting to be worth $300 million to the IRS and claimed that it paid off his income tax liabilities. Then there's the case of the Louisiana criminal attorney that was sentenced for tax evasion in April of 2017. A Baton Rouge uh, criminal defense attorney was sentenced to 30 months for, in prison for tax evasion and two years of supervised release in order to pay $998,352 in restitution to the IRS. He operated a criminal defense practice and from the years 2003 to 2013 did not file income or employment tax returns and didn't pay any taxes he owed. He concealed his income and assets, creating three trusts and nominees. He used these trusts to evade the payment of federal income tax and employment taxes. And in January of 2007, he used the nominees to purchase his primary residence for $435,000 and entered into a phony lease agreement with the nominees to conceal his ownership of the property and shield it from the IRS collection efforts. Between 2007 and 2014, he deposited $416,238 into the nominee account that was used to secure and pay the mortgage on the property. And finally, there was a North Carolina man sentenced for tax evasion in December of 2016 in Charlotte, North Carolina. Reuben DeHaan of Kings Mountain was sentenced to 24 months in prison for tax evasion and possession of an unregistered firearm. He owned a holistic medicine business and he operated that out of his residence. He, uh, he admitted that from 2008 through 2014 he earned more than $2.7 million in gross receipts but failed to file income tax returns for those years and evaded the payment of approximately $678,000 of income tax. He did this with the help of a Richard Campbell and others by setting up straw companies and operating accounts in the name of the straw companies to hide his income and assets from the Internal Revenue Service. He also tried to claim that he was exempt from the payment of income taxes because he was an ordained medicine man whose earnings were exempt from taxation. So there you have it. There's a couple of cases and there's a lot more about uh, how folks have tried to evade uh, their, their responsibility and the taxes and the IRS really uh, looks fr frowns on that and really comes down hard. So that does it for our show. Uh, we'll come back and be back to wrap up in just a minute. Well, there you have it. That's our podcast for the day. I appreciate your listening. Please share this podcast. Follow us. And remember, if you have a tax problem that needs to be solved call tax problem solvers. We've been at this for over 30 years and helped hundreds of people solve their tax problems from IRS, state, and payroll taxes. We can help people and individuals. Don't Mess With Taxes is a podcast service of tax problem solvers. You can reach us at 
www.tps-tax.com and there you'll find some more information you'll be able to see other podcasts and white papers as well as request information on the web uh, to get in touch with you and solve your tax problems or you can send us an email at tax at tps-tax.com Remember, if you or someone you know is dealing with a tax problem, don't let them suffer. Have them give us a call. Tax Problem Solvers. We got this. That's it for our show. We will see you down the road.